0: Welcome to Sustainable Northfield, a podcast project based in Northfield, Minnesota, focused on making sustainability education more accessible and interesting for everyone. On this episode, Izzy speaks with Nancy Breaker and Erica's Weifel about the Lawns to Legume grant program, native Minnesota pollinators, and native Minnesota prairie plants. Mm-hmm.
1: Nancy Breaker. I'm the director of the Carleton College Cowling Arboretum.
0: Awesome. And then, can you obviously, there will be lots of conversation about it, but can you give us a little bit about a little bit of background about what your involvement has been with the Lawn to Legume grants? Sure.
1: The La- Lawn to Legumes grant program is administered through um, Bowser, which which is the Board of Water and Soil Concert Resources, I believe, Board of Water and Soil Resources for the state of Minnesota. And they have two different kinds of grants that they've been providing to citizens of Minnesota. One is an individual grant where people can simply apply to their program and receive I believe it's $350 to do uh, basically gardening work that benefits bees. And then there's a second grant program called the Neighborhood Demonstration Program where nonprofits or government agencies are encouraged to apply for larger grants and then administer those grants to homeowners and that program's a little more flexible in terms of how much money different homeowners might get depending on the size of their project. So there's a local group called the Prairie Partners Chapter of the Wild Ones and the Wild Ones is an organization that promotes use of native plants in landscaping and a couple of the the local um, chapter Leadership met with myself from the Arboretum and a faculty member at St. Olaf College, Diane Angel, who's also very interested in native plants and bumblebees and other bees, and asked if we could help them figure out a way to apply for one of these neighborhood grants. And we're very excited about it because we like promoting native plants and native insects, native animals. And so we worked together to figure out how we could apply for this program. And we worked through the Rice County Soil and Water Conservation District to apply for the the grant. And we used the the Rice County Soil and Water Conservation District as our uh, administrative um, assistant. They actually formally applied for the money and accepted the money. And then they have contracts with the private landowners to pay them after they've implemented their, their pollinator gardens. But our team of four people from the wild ones and Diane Angel and myself, we appro- identified neighborhoods in Northfield that would make sense for providing habitat for particularly the rusty patch bumblebee and then approached those neighbors landowners to be part of our program
0: awesome so obviously you might not have like an exact kind of sorry I'm trying to think of the best way to phrase this perfect could you kind of talk about some of the successes obviously it sounds like the program from what I learned yesterday is going well so can you kind of highlight some of the successes you have seen so far and then also maybe some of, I don't want to call them failures, but maybe some of the struggles that have been experienced.
1: Sure. So I think we've had some really good successes. And the things that excite me are talking to the residents who have gotten really excited about gardening with native plants and learning more about why this is important. So Historically, when people think about planting things in their gardens, they, they go to a, a plant nursery, they buy a few things that perhaps the nursery manager you know thinks will do well for them. And many, many of those um, plants that are available on the market have been non-native species. They do well here because they're, the insects that feed on them are back in their home countries, whether that's uh, in Europe or in Asia, but they're they're here without any of those, what people tend to think of insect pests. But the problem with that is many of our native animals, like birds that we love to see, feed on the insects that feed on the plants. And so if you have a yard full of non-native trees and shrubs and flowers, most of those do not provide food for our native insects. And so it's been really gratifying to me to be able to talk to my neighbors and other people who are involved in the program and have them come to the realization about how they can create a much more rich and diverse natural environment in their yards and in the city by using native plants that that our native insects feed on and therefore provide good habitat and food resources for native animals. So that's just been really fun um, and gratifying. People have gotten really interested. So that that's a success that I would really point to. We've we've also we've had a couple real go-getters who were excited about getting their their native garden in and um, worked with us really quickly and early on to come up with a plan for what plants they would put in and got those got those plants installed. And there's some of the gardens that are completely um, installed and doing really well. Other people have decided to go a little more slowly and take more time to consider their plan. Uh, everyone had about two growing seasons to get their gardens completed with our grant. And so some people have decided to take that time to better understand what works for their site and um, put together a plan that they're comfortable with. Um, In terms of um, things that maybe are, are a little bit of setbacks, there has been a few situations where the plants that people wanted to install were not available because it was late in the season, they were sold out, you know, various reasons that particular things are not available through Uh, the growers. And so that's just a, you know, a little bump that uh, people will get their orders in a little bit earlier and be able to get those things planted. So some, some people had to either just wait to plant some things or maybe substitute something different because what they wanted was not available. So that those are a few of the successes and maybe a few of the slowdowns that we've encountered.
0: Great. Right. Well, I'm I'm super glad to hear how well it seems to be going. It was great to talk to Erica yesterday. She actually showed me, she took me kind of on like a little Zoom tour of uh, what she's growing at her house. And it's nice to hear that it seems to be going really well across the board. Um, can we, so I am not super well versed in, I guess, what what plants are being planted can you kind of maybe run us through some of the native plants that are being used to create these habitats that are supporting different bees and pollinators sure
1: so um, the there's part of the part of the program is trying to make sure that we are are providing um, resources for our pollinators throughout the growing season. So when I say resources, I mean pollen and nectar from the flowers that are blooming. And our bumblebees are some of the earliest animals. I refer to insects as animals. A lot of people kind of are surprised by that, but they're they're animals just like a squirrel or a rabbit is. Um, They are some of our earliest uh, pollinators to be out looking for resources um, in the early spring to get their colony started. And so we want things that are gonna bloom early in the spring that will be good for them. So there are some things like um, wild strawberries, um wild plums um let me think of some other things that bloom really early there's some little tiny plants called pussy toes that bloom really early in the spring that some people have been planting there's um, spring beauty and um, a beautiful plant called prairie smoke Prairie flocks blooms quite early, so those are all things that are blooming early, early in the year. And the planting plans for our um, for people participating in the program have to have at least three flowers blooming at any one season. So they have to have at least, and we we use early mid and late season. So they have to have at least nine different kinds of plants blooming um, at some time during the season. Then during the summer, we might have um, some of the milkweeds like um, butterfly milkweed, which a lot of people are quite familiar with. There's something called um, Canada milk vetch, which is a beautiful cream colored pea-like flower. Some people are familiar with um, wild indigo, which almost looks like a little bush, but is um, not woody, it's a herbaceous plant. Um, There's a nice little shrub called New Jersey tea that is really appreciated by lots of different insects. And then later in in the later part of the summer, early fall, There's a lot of different asters that bloom, probably a dozen different native asters that are purple or white or kind of a lavender color, as well as a number of different kinds of goldenrod. A lot of people kind of turn up their nose when I say goldenrod because they think it's what gives everybody hay fever, but it just happens to bloom at the same time as ragweed, which is the real culprit. So there's a number of different goldenrods that, that people might have in their gardens. Right now, I, I have a pollinator garden and right now I have several things blooming that are being used by, by bees and bumblebees especially. I have um, gentians, both a cream colored one and a beautiful blue one. I have a number of different asters. Uh, there's a native thistle that is called floodman's thistle that is great for for bees so there's really a huge variety of species and there's you know ones that are really short there's taller ones so they can fit into anybody's landscape and one resource that people could turn to if they're interested in learning more about any of these plants or what time of year they bloom there's a website called Minnesota Wildflowers and that's its website is minnesotawildflowers.info and they have put together an amazing resource with photos of all of our wildflowers, um, a range map to show where you might expect them to do well, um, what what time of year they're blooming, you can search by color or season, and it's a great way to become familiar with um, different plants that you might be interested in putting in your garden.
0: I feel like another, oh, can you, so kind of with the grant process, I know with some grants as years progress, um, the scope of the project increases. Do you think that will be the case for this community um, in Northfield? Do you think you guys would broaden to more landowners in the future or is the project plan to kind of stay the same with these current um, land areas?
1: So the landowners who have um, enrolled in our program and accepted the grant funding, they are required to maintain their gardens for five years. So we hope that that will give the gardens a chance to mature and become just part of their regular landscaping um, projects. We have not discussed whether our team will apply for another grant or not. And we don't know if uh, Bowser will have that funding in the future. We're hoping they will continue to have the funding and especially the individual grants so that landowners might you know, observe the neighborhood projects and be interested and apply for their own grant. I know the city of Northfield is interested in applying, uh, at least they have been in the past, so it might be that that actually the city would apply. So it it really depends on whether Bowser continues to fund the the grant program in general, but it's gone well for our team and so uh, there's certainly a possibility that we would apply for another uh, grant so we could could supply funding to other other neighbors as well and expand around these initial areas Perfect
0: so I think those are were kind of my big questions that I kind of had thought of. Obviously, you know a lot more about the project and might have things that you want to talk about that i didn't ask about so i feel like now would be a good time sure
1: i'd be i'd be glad to uh, ramble on a little bit about other things that i've thought about uh i would say that i think um people in general tend to be very concerned about whether or not they're their yard fits in with their neighborhood or is up to par with that neighbor across the street that has the perfect lawn. And I just wanna encourage people to think outside the box a little bit and to create a landscape of their own that they enjoy and feel comfortable with and appreciate the the diversity of plants and animals that that they could grow. You know, we we are constrained by some of the um, just city ordinances that are meant to uh, create, you know, a good environment for everyone, but that doesn't mean all of our yards have to look the same. And so I would just really encourage people to think about um, planting and maintaining a diversity in their landscape that, that could benefit our native plants and animals, and also benefit us in the city by providing, you know, a beautiful landscape, more, more birds that, that we can appreciate. It really, it really makes a big difference to have a, a diversity, a little bit of nature in your yard. My own yard uh, is, is very different from the, the neighborhood around me. I have a large diversity of, of different kinds of native trees. I have a lot of uh, prairie and woodland wildflowers. And I know there are people in my neighborhood that deliberately plan their daily walk past my home so they can see what's blooming in that garden today. You know, it might not be appreciated by everybody, but I think there are a good number of people that do appreciate that diversity that that neighbors and myself and other people in the program are being able to provide in the city.
0: If there are other Aspects of the project that you want to highlight or things that you think people would find interesting
1: I guess i'd like to give a real shout out to the soil and water conservation district of rice county who has who agreed to be the applicant for the grant and to Be the pass through for funding So that our our grant could be utilized in northfield the the group of us that were interested in doing this project were not able to provide that aspect and so to have the county step in and do that for us was was really great.
2: Hi I'm Erica Zweifel and I live in Northfield I live on Northfield's West side neighborhood near Greenville Community School and um, I've been uh, observing bees in the neighborhood for a while. I love to garden and I have um, been gardening organically for a while and actually one of the reasons I first got engaged in local government so side note I'm also on the city council and prior to that one of the first Reasons I got involved in local government was the city passed an organic pest management policy. So the city of Northfield does not use um, chemicals broadly um, on their property. So we don't we don't spray on a regular basis. We don't spray our parks or or our side um, the the parking strips or um, pieces of property that the that that the city owns. So, and I remember going to that city council meeting and standing up and supporting that policy. And so that was one of the first ways I got involved with uh, local politics now that I think back on it. And uh, so I'd noticed, um, I have a neighbor who's a biologist at St. Olaf, Diane Angel. And she said to me one day, have you have you seen the rusty patch bumblebees over in Olivia's yard and like, no I haven't and so then I started going over there around the certain time of day that she said she'd seen the bees and then um last year I saw saw them for the first time and was able to photograph them and then she told me about um bee watch where you can upload your bee sightings and get them confirmed by Uh, a bee expert and so I uploaded my pictures that I thought were a rusty patch bee and they got confirmed so that was exciting and then um, I put in my first kind of pocket pollinator garden expressly to attract um, the rusty patch since I knew they were in my neighborhood last year I put that in And this year I saw a queen rusty patch on that pollinator garden and I got a picture of it and submitted it to Bee Watch and I just got the confirmation last week that um, that was actually a rusty patch queen. So yay, it was very exciting.
0: Perfect. Um, So kind of with your involvement, can you talk a little bit about, so last year it sounds like you did your first Um, like purposeful planting to attract um, the rusty patch bumblebees, can you kind of, and it seems obviously like there was some great successes in more spottings, can you talk a little bit about how that process worked and kind of your successes and failures with it?
2: Sure, so um, I, with my planting last year, I decided to go with just a a stock flat of pollinator plants and so I I ordered those through our Rice County Soil and Water District. I ordered their basic pollinator flat and I planted that and I picked that because um, the flower that I had seen the rusty patch be on um, in my neighbor's yard was an aster and this pollinator pack had two or three species of aster included so that's why I picked that pack. It was also um a, one of the more inexpensive ways um to go about it you could buy bigger plants and it's a little more um, money and if you go that route the plants mature faster and have flowers faster so i think that's probably why i didn't see anything the first year i planted it because my plants were so small uh but this year uh the plants have gotten nice nice and big and um uh it was I'm trying, oh it was on the i'm it was, Thinking about what flower I saw the queen on. The queen was on my the bee bomb that was in the patch. And so um, I hadn't seen a rusty patch on the bee bomb. I've seen, they really like hyssop and they really like the asters. And uh, so it was kind of fun to see one um, on the bee bomb. The other thing I did was um, there were some roses around the foundation of my house that I think were planted in the 50s when the house was developed. And we took out those roses, sorry, um, and put that I put the pollinator pocket garden right outside my dining room window. So I was actually, I think I was, <laughs> I shouldn't say this to my boss, if my boss is listening, I'm sorry. I was in a meeting, a Zoom meeting, like like we're Zooming now, and I look out of the corner of my eye, I saw something really big, because these queens are like three times the size of a standard bumblebee. I saw something really big out of the corner of my eye and I looked out there and there was this huge bee and so I um, as soon as I was able I got off the call and I went outside because they move they're big and they move slow so I got out there, ran outside so I can kind of watch it's fun um, if there's any way you can put your pollinators in a place where you can see it from inside yeah so that's kind of the history of my where I can see it outside the window which I really enjoy perfect first pollinator patch it's pretty small I say it's like three feet by three by twelve maybe it's not very big and it's just right up to put together um, garden designs and uh, garden that, so they could go and pick up the plants and a design uh, for the space that they indicated that that they had to put toward pollinators and so my neighbor's patch is gorgeous. It's designed by an expert and the plants that that they got were larger than the ones I got from the from the county. Um, And so and this year again I um, went with the Rice County plantings and I ordered their pollinator booster pack. And so it's different from the first pollinator pack that I ordered. And then because I had observed the bees on the hyssop I ordered I couldn't find any hyssop plants. And so I ordered some seeds and I started some seeds from scratch. And um, those are in my second garden this year. So this year I really, when I put in my second pocket garden, really focused on plants that where I've seen the bumblebees specifically on. And it's fun. Um, so if you can do it with your neighbors, that just adds, especially in now with the the COVID pandemic. It's a nice way for us to be outside and we and talk to, we can talk to one another outside and enjoy each other's gardens. And in fact, we're doing a little informal tour with the people who are in the Lawns to Legumes program. We're going to um, socially distance and walk around with mask, masked up and um, see each other's gardens. So I'm looking forward to that. That's um, in a few weeks here. And so if you can do it with a friend or a neighbor, Uh, I think that's even more fun.
0: So I guess maybe this will be a better question for Nancy so I can also ask her, but it sounds like you might be able to touch on it. Can you kind of talk a little bit about what makes um, like seeing these and setting up um, kind of environments for these bumblebees so important?
2: Oh, that's a that's a good um, question. So I think I don't know about bumblebees specifically, but just pollinators in general, um, they're they're an indicator of the health of our environment, and they're also key to our economy. So if if we don't have pollinators, maybe you know the statistic, but isn't it something like that? We should check on this before you include it. Like, is it like sixty percent of our food? requires pollination yeah it's something like
0: it's it's really high like the yeah. c- just when you cuz you kind of or at least i do you kind of are like yeah bees are important and yeah they pollinate things but it's to such an extreme that it uh, 60% that i'm not positive about the the yeah. exact right but that sounds right to me yeah so
2: if they're they're i would say you know they're key to our economy our food economy um, they're a great economic indicator or sorry, they're a great environmental indicator of health, and so bees are very important to us as a to us as a species so but but I also wanted to add that um, in addition to the to the bumblebees, um, I've seen uh, when I've been out there photographing, I, I enjoy um, photographing pollinators. actually, I've been doing that for many years um, photographing pollinators, and I've seen um, hummingbirds, I've seen clear-winged moths, I've seen monarchs, uh, swallowtail butterflies, all kinds of butterflies, all kinds of other bees and insects in, in addition to the bumblebees, so it's it's been really enjoyable to watch the, all the pollinators that come to these gardens.
0: Perfect. All right, so that kind of went through kind of a like my kind of questions I had for you if there are mm-hmm. other things you want to talk about we can also just talk about that and um I can cut it in where yeah, sure it's seems um, one, appropriate.
2: yeah one thing that I tried um that uh I'm not sure how, I know one other person that tried this as well is to try to put in a bee lawn so um that's where you uh you either remove your lawn totally or you thatch it so you create, score it up and create some uh, open soil areas. And then you overseed it with, um, there's a, a bee lawn mix that I purchased, or you can create your own. Um, and there are instructions on how to do this at the, on the U of M Bee Squad website. And so I tried that. We scored up the, the yard, I put my son to work, and we scored up the thatched, it's called thatching. We thatched the yard and then overseeded with uh, with the beelon, It's hard to tell yet how successful that is. We did it in the spring. I can definitely see some of the fescue um, coming up and then it also had some white clover and some self heal plants in there that are really low growing flowering plants. I can't say that I've seen those but that may be something where I won't see it until next year uh, but in this, group of people who are doing lawns to legumes. That's the number one question I get is um, not about the pocket gardens that I put in, but I get questions about the bee lawn and how's that going. Um, and fortunately, I already had some weeds, you know, in my yard. I already had some uh, white clover and I definitely see, um, I see more honeybees than bumblebees, but I definitely see um, bees in the lawn. And so that's, that's fun too. And I'm hoping that next year I'll see, see some of that purple self-heal. And that I think that's the one that attracts more bumblebees than um, honeybees.
0: Thank you for listening and check back in early January for our next episode.